episode of Decoding Fox News, and I am your host, Julia Chesky. Each week, I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News content and then break it down so you don't have to. This project is made possible due to the Tao Knight Center for News Integrity Initiative at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. I'm a recent graduate of the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism. And if you're wondering, CUNY is short for City University of New York. That's a state school. Okay, so this past week is, I I don't even, I can't even describe it. I'm always worried, and I'm not kidding, I'm always worried at the beginning of every week that my show is going to sound too much like the previous show. Because Fox tends to repeat themselves a lot. And yet, the personalities at Fox News uh, never let me down. They're always giving me the crazy. And I'll say crazy uh, because there's no nice way of putting that. And today, although you can't see them, we have two mascots for the show, which are my pair of male kittens, uh, Odin and Thor. They were adopted from the Brooklyn Cat Cafe. If you are in Brooklyn or the New York City area, please go to the Brooklyn Cat Cafe and help them out. They They do wonderful work. And Odin and Thor are both curled up literally on top of me as I record this, so I felt like I had to give them a shout-out. Okay, here we go. The headline for week ending, March 13th, 2022, is Fox News Hates Capitalism, Laura Ingram Loves Conspiracy Theories, and The Five Will Start World War III Any Day Now. I mean, pretty much that was the week. You know, lighthearted stuff. So Fox News continued to promote the idea that domestic energy independence will somehow quickly end the war in Ukraine, even though that doesn't really make any sense, but okay. And also end inflation, like, magically overnight. And if you talk to any economist, they wish that inflation could be solved so easily. Never can be. Um, They also didn't mention the Keystone XL pipeline as much, but if you look on Twitter, any number... This is what Fox News does. This is what they do very well. They push something out there... And then the rest of the media reacts, usually a couple days later, and comes out with article after article debunking whatever Fox is promoting. And then every single Republican um, elected official, almost in lockstep, starts promoting the exact same theory that's being pushed on Fox News. And from the most boring Republican to the most extreme, they're all pushing the Keystone XL pipeline, even though... That pipeline was designed to take uh, pretty nasty, dirty uh, shale crude oil from Canada to the Gulf of Mexico right out of the United States. It was not designed for domestic use. It was designed for to export Canadian oil. But we don't need to know that. We just want to bash Biden. Um, They basically blame... I mean, Fox News right now could be just called Let's Blame Biden, along with Vice President Kamala Harris, who they are insanely disrespectful towards if they ever act like uh other media was rude towards donald j trump words cannot describe how they talk about kamala harris it's just they constantly say that she's unintelligent she's stupid she talks to people like they're children it's it's next level disrespect that they show to the vice president which you know that's their right they can say whatever they want but it's for them to act, clutch their pearls about any sort of um, coverage of Donald J. Trump is just absolutely ridiculous with how they talk about our vice president. So 
I'm going to start with a first clip, and this was an appearance by former Representative Tulsi Gabbard on the Ingram Angle. And when I first put this together, I remember thinking, "This is this is gold," and it and I because she the clip is Gabbard sounds a lot like Tucker Carlson. And these clips are three weeks apart. And the phrasing, the way she says things, it's just as if she's aping Tucker Carlson. She's like basically trying to uh, mimic him. And I was like, that is crazy. And I spliced it together and I stuck it on Twitter and nobody cared. It got maybe a thousand views. And I was really frustrated. And so I was searching for hashtag Tulsi Gabbard. And nobody was really talking about her like four days ago, four or five days ago. So I was just like, well, I still think that's that's gold. I still think that's money. <laughs> and I just let it go. And then she started um, trending again because a couple of things came out about her in the news where she there is some evidence that she was getting some Russian money, even though she probably didn't know it. And then there's also uh, she was promoting a conspiracy theory about poison gas in hospitals in Ukraine. And that's been completely debunked. But there she is doing it anyway. So that caused this huge spike in interest in Tulsi Gabbard out of nowhere. So I go back on Twitter. I take this clip and I start promoting it. And I just found anybody who hashtagged Tulsi Gabbard and I just stuck it on their tweet. And this blew up. I think we're at almost we're. I say we. I'm the only person who works on this project. Well, me and the cats. Okay, so... <laughs> uh, the Tulsi Tucker montage clip is up to around 19,000 views right now on Twitter and growing by the minute. Um, it's a great clip. I'm just going to play it and you can hear it and you know exactly what I'm talking about. What is this really about? Why do I hate Putin so much? Has Putin ever called me a racist? Hey, uh, tell us how Russia somehow has the power to take away our freedom of speech. Has he threatened to get me fired for disagreeing with him? Tell us how Russia has the power to take away uh, the, the freedom and rights of parents who want to you know, make sure their kids are getting a quality education. Has he shipped every middle-class job in my town to Russia? Uh, tell us how Russia has the power somehow to take away our right to bear arms, the rights that are enshrined in our Bill of Rights. The Did he manufacture a worldwide pandemic that wrecked my business and kept me indoors for two years? Is he teaching my children to embrace racial discrimination? Is he making fentanyl? Is he trying to snuff out Christianity? The answer to these is they don't. They don't have that power. No, so the, the lines that we're being sold, it's, it's just crap, Laura. It's no. crap. And sadly, their actions are resulting in more and more people suffering rather than being leaders and de-escalating this and bringing about an end to this war. So I go into more depth in this in the newsletter. But basically, I noticed a trend last week after watching like hours of Fox. And that was basically they kept bashing capitalism. They wouldn't say it, but they kept bashing many elements of a free market that is that are just kind of baked in the cake, so to speak. Like, you can't say that you're pro-free market and you're pro-capitalism and then complain about the futures market, because that's kind of part of the deal, or the commodities market, or uh, really increase prices, because that's all part of a free market economy. If you study economics at all, the first thing you learn about capitalism is that it is not stable. By design, it is not stable. Now, as the economy swings high and low, you're going to have winners and losers on both sides no matter what. And that's the key to kind of being successful in a free market economy, whatever you think of a free market economy. That's sort of the theory of when, even like during the Great Depression, there were people who were still making a lot of money.
just the nature of a free market system. And so all of these highs and lows, swings back and forth are just part of the ride. And if you don't like it, maybe don't, you know, praise a free market economy because that's just what you get with capitalism. So they that was kind of funny. And then they were bashing Biden for being against subsidies for oil and gas, which would be a government handout for oil and gas. And they had a farmer on and the farmer was lamenting uh, rising prices and all of this. And of course, they don't, they don't mention that we have enormous agriculture subsidies that mainly help bigger producers like these mega farms, um, agribusiness. But it's just not a normal market. It's never been a normal market because uh, we've had farm subsidies in place since the 1930s because farming is a very unpredictable industry. And in order to keep prices low for food and make us competitive in the global market, we subsidize agriculture. So that was kind of like of all the industries to pick on. Let's talk to a farmer. You poor thing, you farmer. So that was kind of kind of silly if you know anything about like how our economies really run. And then to bash Biden for wanting to stop government handouts to a specific industry is also kind of ridiculous to, you know, in one breath be like free market, free market. And then Oh, but some subsidies are good. Are they? I mean, I don't, it's kind of like, kind of ridiculous. So I'm going to play a clip. This is a very clip heavy show. So I'm going to try not to talk too much. Uh, that sort of sums up the week for Fox News on energy and the economy and all this goofy stuff. Energy projects here in the country, be it Keystone, be it. We're going to have a chance to talk about energy in the next block. Do you want to produce energy in a much more environmentally friendly way than any other country? And the squad needs to hear about that, too. I think they're so worried about the left and their climate goals. And the IPCC put out another report today about the, the climate. We had to worry about the climate. And when we did it, or the uh, or gas was cheap and it was clean. And then Biden came in and made a mess of all of it. That's all I have to say. You're all right. hooked on, uh, on Russian oil. Biden day one shuts down the Keystone pipeline. So what we do is we should drill. Very simple, we should drill. And for the green people who are uh, gone green crazy. It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't surprise a lot of people if the Biden administration would like to see gas very expensive so people would drive less. And then they would buy a Tesla and put a solar panel uh, made in China on their roof. That's and again, I return to the point. It is green energy policies that are at the heart of this problem. And that is Biden's energy policy making it worse as we go forward. The Ukrainians are fighting a desperate battle. The power is out, the water is out, and the world is watching. So you can hear how they're uh, equating the, the war in Ukraine with energy policy. That's just kind of what they do. So the next clip is a collection of Biden clips from the campaign when he was running for president. Here you go. I want you to look in my eyes. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, we're going to end fossil fuel, one of which is doing away with any subsidies for fossil fuels, number one. Number two, holding them liable for what they have done. We will double offshore wind. We will end any subsidies for coal or any other fossil fuel. And now they're like, oh, but there's all these leases. You could just go ahead and do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, we're going to end you, but you better drill before we end you. This yeah. is crazy. So as you can hear in that clip, uh, none of them comment on the word subsidy, which Biden uses repeatedly. Uh, he's talking about ending subsidies for oil and gas, and a subsidy would be a form of taxpayer money going to a specific industry to help that industry in some way. Now, one could argue that they're all for, you know, subsidies for oil and gas, and that that's better for the economy, but that's not what they do. They just 
selectively get outraged about government handouts. Um, they don't even mention that Biden specifically says subsidies. Like, that would be great to have that discussion, but they don't have that discussion. They just go right over it and just attack him for saying end oil and gas. They just forgot that he said end subsidies for oil and gas companies. So next up, we don't have a lot of time because I want to keep this at a half hour and I've got a lot of clips, is Laura Ingram. I had no idea. I call her like a Disney villain, villainess, I should say. Disney villainess without the glamour because she just starts her program just self-righteous anger just cold-blooded just just woo just that energy is so strong on her show and she has these sections called the angle which are usually about seven to ten minutes long and they're extended monologues and they're very grandiose kind of like what tucker does but longer actually and she just like picks kind of a, a larger topic and the first three days of last week she really focused on the Great Reset, but she didn't call it that. And that's a conspiracy theory that's pushed on the far right. And it's basically, uh, I personally think it's goofy, but it's that this group called the World Economic Forum, which actually doesn't have any real power. One could argue they have influence, but they don't actually have any power. They're not on a government board anywhere. They're not elected. They're not enacting laws or anything. They just have these like conferences and they they make really bad videos that are confusing and convoluted and it's very pretentious and they just like suggest things but there's no actual they they don't have any actual power in a government and i cannot stress that enough so um they do come out with a global competitive index which some critics where they compare countries to each other and some critics have said that actually that leads to more exploitation in a free market system and that it's actually really bad. Now, people who promote this theory promote the idea that the World Economic Forum is socialist, and that's that's not the case at all. If you actually read what they're putting out, they're trying to kind of soften capitalism. And I, I just I just find them goofy and ridiculous. Someone gave me the book, um, and <laughs> I remember like over a year ago, and I remember just going, This is nonsense, you know, <laughs> this like this is just gobbledygook. Like there's no since there's no, you know, actual uh, mechanism to put this anything into law, this is just silly. There's no one world government. Who would benefit from that? Like, who would benefit from this? This just seems like paranoia. Like, I, I'm not buying it. The World Economic Forum actually comes out with something every single year, too. And they never had any influence, real, real influence before. So, like, why would they suddenly have it now? It's just... Just total hype. But here, I'm going to play the clip, and you I've cut this way down. This is, like, based on about 25 minutes worth of footage, and I made it nice and short for Twitter. Here you go. And, of course, when Biden got in, he and his band of saboteurs set a course to radically change America. They spent trillions of dollars, which just drove inflation through the roof, is that Ukraine shows us in graphic, gory, tragic detail how globalization ultimately fails. The only thing that has kept bad actors in check was an America that was economically strong and culturally cohesive. Yet the people controlling Biden, they know full well that their go green global agenda requires the resetting of the American mind away from the old normal to a new, more compliant kind of normal. They believe America has too much 
And it's time to reset the American mind altogether. Global thinking only, please. About to face another lockdown? This crisis is self-inflicted, created by leaders who seem to be enjoying punishing Americans instead of serving them. They had to dump Trump because he showed that informed nationalism, patriotic nationalism, can lead to more prosperity and more freedom. To shape our common future in collective and constructive ways. Well, Biden is answering to these people, the globalists, the Davos crowd, not to you and your concerns. So the voice that you hear with a thick accent is one of the uh, members of the World Economic Forum, one of the leaders of it. Davos is in Switzerland. That's where they hold their conference. That's what she's referencing. There's a couple things she says in there that are incredibly uh, problematic, very fascist. Um, patriotic um, nationalism leads to economic prosperity. That's very, very uh, incredibly fascist. And then she makes a comment about cultural cohesion being good for the country, which is coded language for homogeny, white people. You know, I, I'm not saying that she's saying that, but it could be implied that that's what she's saying. I can't read her mind. I don't know what she means by uh, cultural cohesion, but it, it doesn't sound good to me. She also says a couple of things about when he took power. She doesn't say it there, but she said it in another longer cut. It was difficult to edit. Uh, she kind of implies that he was placed in power. Biden didn't win the election, but it's very subtle, but it's in the language. You can hear it in the clip. And then the other thing that she leaves out is she says they spent trillions. Well, why did they spend trillions, Lori Ingram? That was because we were in a global pandemic. Okay, so I'm not going to waste too much time on the uh, Great Reset, but uh, conspiracy theories are problematic for a number of reasons. They can lead to violent extremism. They are always anti-Semitic. Every major conspiracy theory on the planet will, if you keep following the trail to it, if you keep going to the core of it, it's all about uh, these, I don't even want to repeat them on air, but they're very creepy, sad, pathetic, anti-Semitic tropes that have been used for hundreds of years, and they're awful, and they're all false. It's just a way to um, skirt blame, pick on a marginalized group, and, you know, that's what fascism is. And I, I hate to use the term fascism, but she's literally, when you say patriotic nationalism leads to economic prosperity... I mean, what else are you saying? It's deeply, deeply disturbing. Um, and, you know, she's been doing this since uh, Biden's gotten elected, apparently. I have not known her work, but I did some research on her and found out the ADL said she's been doing this since he got elected. So we're going to move on to the next clip. These are members of The Five, which I think is the greatest waste of television ever, discussing the war in Ukraine. And I just called this bad takes on Ukraine by The Five. Here we go. And so she goes over there and it's a word salad. I counted some phrases and we're paid to speak for a living. So we know when someone has no idea what they're talking about. It's time now for her to shake off the, uh, the mantle of ineffectiveness and really put her tushy on the line. And yet, Greg, when you look at a map, if, if you have a map at home, folks, take a look at China and Russia together. 
they take they take up an awful lot big yeah. hunk of the world. I, I you know it's like I pump gas. I pump my own gas. Believe it or not, everybody I mean, that doesn't live in New Jersey pumps their own. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of time and billions of dollars in the Ukraine. Now they need us. We got to send our very best there. Not the Joker in a pantsuit. We need. Obama, we need Trump, we need Bush. They got to go. One or two, the combination, because we need mediation on steroids. Having a Democrat in charge in this kind of ordeal is if the consequences match their desires, they will not mitigate the consequences. And it would be nice to have, like, war umpires that could just be <laughs> down there and, and call these disputed claims for us. My father was very upset that they've now banned Russian vodka. If they need a dude... They need some <laughs> testosterone on the view. It's hilarious that that last woman uh, commented on the view because the five is the view only with no guests and more screaming. It is the most useless hour of television on the Fox News Network. It's not even an hour. It's not even 40 minutes. When you take the commercials out, the five usually clocks in at 35 minutes, which is shorter than every other show I survey. And I will bash the show because they never have experts on. You have people like Geraldo Rivera saying, it's a really big country. Then, meanwhile, Judge uh, Pirro is, is like breaking international law with the stuff she's saying, advocating for, where we should just fly our planes over there and start bombing. You know, she's very pro-Ukraine, but it's like, lady, we can't, there's NATO. We can't just do stuff like that. So anyway... <laughs> this is what this is what they're promoting. It's completely nutty. The next clip is the worst thing I've ever heard on Fox News, and that's including the many hours I've spent watching Tucker Carlson. So I, this was really, this could have been easily nine minutes worth of footage. I've cut this way down just to get to the heart of it. There are people on Twitter who have included this entire exchange. Uh, you can find it quite easily. Greg Gutfeld is the main person in this, um, and a reporter, a war correspondent named Benjamin Hall. I'm going to just play the clip. Here you go. I sense, Greg, in you a conflict that you don't know, you're, you're not convinced with the prevailing narrative. Yeah, that's a pretty good assessment. Uh, I can feel the galvanizing force of these stories that kind of have sped up and are accumulating to create a narrative, and they only go in one direction. And I understand why they only go in one direction, because it's the invaded who experienced the atrocity, right? And that's all we're going to see. However, I can't help but feel that this is a lot like a, a, other stories that we've gone through in the digital age, in which an image is taken and then played over and over and over again to, to create some kind of emotional response out of you because that makes a profit for news companies, right? So we had, uh, for a long period of time there, we saw nothing but videos of police brutality. And then over time, we discovered the mundane reality that police were interacting with suspects in high crime areas, and that led to certain kinds of problems. Now I don't know, Dave. Do the bad part about it is there is this galvanizing kind of narrative that is there to create a reaction. And if somebody like me says, hold on a second, and you try to counter the drumbeat, you're seen as an inconsiderate, cold-hearted pussy. If you amplify oh this God. story, if you amplify that story, why can't you be called pro-war?
Yeah, good evening, Judge. And speaking as someone on the ground, I want to say that this is not the media trying to drum up some emotional response. This is absolutely what's happening. From the cities of Kharkiv to Mariupol to Kernikov, they are being absolutely flattened. And from all corners of this country, people are fleeing to, for safety. Two million of them, as you say, so far have gone. And in the city of Mariupol, people are drinking water from puddles because the Russian forces haven't allowed them to get out. When they have tried to get out, they are shelled. Those routes are mined. The Red Cross buses have been unable to get in. It is an absolute catastrophe. And the people call in the middle uh, are the ones who are really suffering. I don't know, Dana, what do you think? Should I address Benjamin Hall's cheap attack on me? Or should I be a, should I be a good co-worker you can't and let it that. slide? You can't say but that. You remember what you said about our reporters last week. Be, oh, be, I said wonderful things about that. So, yeah, that's... I don't think I need to comment much on that. Yeah, the, the clip speaks for itself. It's a much longer clip. Uh, if you watch the entire exchange, it's probably about nine minutes. Uh... And it's bad. It's really awful to watch that because, you know, here Benjamin Hall is on the ground in Ukraine in the capital and could be killed. There was a, a photojournalist who was killed yesterday while reporting, while doing their job. And he's in a live war zone. And he's basically tells Greg, this is not being hyped up. This is really that bad. And Greg Gutfeld takes that as a personal attack. Greg Gutfeld, who's sitting in a uh, studio in New York City, getting paid millions of dollars to blather on about things he does not understand or have any experience with. So that's the he's the, that is the epitome of the five right there. That show is so bad. And if you know anybody who watches it, I just feel sorry for them because it's the worst news. It's terrible. It's just awful. There's no real content. So we're going to run out of time, and I don't want to run out of time, so we're just going to move on to... My favorite segment, because I'm a super nerd, which is by the numbers. And that's when I take the entire crazy 15 hours, turn them into transcripts, and then look up words. Oh, there's a couple stories. I forgot. Forgot. We've got stories that normally we do stories that are covered on PBS and not on Fox. And this time it's the flip. Uh, they were pretty much PBS and Fox were completely the same, except for Fox put a little bit of energy towards the trucker convoy in dc that's really not getting much press the daily beast has hilarious articles on it very snarky very funny highly recommend just look up daily beast trucker convoy you will enjoy the snark the next up was the uh, jesse smollett sentencing which pretty much got i think 45 seconds worth of coverage on pbs they just kind of mentioned it and fox dedicated two segments to it so it literally was like point, I do the percentages, 0.02% of airtime for PBS and 2% of time for Fox News. They really wanted to run with that. And they kept acting like all these liberals were so upset that Jesse Smollett got sentenced and I don't think anybody cared. Um, as soon as people found out he lied, he kind of lost most of his support. So the coverage was very similar. There's a lot of bashing of President Biden and Kamala Harris on Fox. That's the big difference. And the funniest thing is the, the numbers. They finally, for the first time ever, did not discuss AOC at length. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was spared. However, uh, Hillary Clinton was mentioned as often as President Vladimir Zelensky of Ukraine, which makes no sense. Energy policy was mentioned more than NATO. Um, and that those were the two really glaring, like, wow, that's awful. And Trump came up 63 times for no reason. Uh, so next week, I'm doing my usual. We're going to add Sean Hannity to the mix. 
because I haven't watched him in a while. Uh, I'll probably end up going back to Tucker after that week, but I'm not sure yet. Tucker's hard to watch because he's almost clip, 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 clip. He's almost hard to keep up with. So thank you so much for listening. I know this is a very, very clip-heavy show, but I really wanted to get these clips out. I think it's better to show, not tell. If you want more information on The Great Reset, I have some excellent sources on the newsletter. Highly recommend you can listen, uh, you can read about it. There's a, there's a video that you can watch on YouTube that's very, basically the guy has a similar take on the conspiracy theory that I do, that this is all just silly, nothing nonsense. And then um, some really great resources on that. And uh, I suspect for next week, they're gonna start bashing China more because I already saw uh, hints of that coming. And again, follow me on TikTok, Twitter, uh, YouTube, it's under my name, Juliet Jeske. Facebook, it's under my name, Juliet Jeske. Because um, I already had a decent following on both and I wanted to just keep that rather than starting over. But Decoding Fox News, we'll be back here next week with a new show, new podcast. Um, the cats will probably be with me or not, maybe, who knows. But thank you so much for coming. Tell your friends, subscribe, and please keep listening. There should be more new videos coming. I might be appearing in some of them. I might have more interactive things for my listeners. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much.